This time with more confidence. Hopefully. More something. Keeping in the principles of Agile, though, shouldn't we make it simpler and have less? That's true. Why don't we time box this? What do you think? There you go. We'll go uh, 10 minutes. So we're just going to try a 10-minute uh, talk, and then we'll review and see how we did? Yeah. Okay. You've heard of test-driven development, and I'll bet you've heard of contract-driven development, but have you ever heard of human-driven development? Today, Derek Neighbors and Chris Young will discuss this topic on the second episode of ScrumCast. Just about everybody that we talk to about Scrum and Agile talks about how um, nobody knows what it is anymore. There's, there's Scrum, there's Agile, there's Lean, there's Extreme Programming, there's various incarnations of all of these. And so we're trying to find out what is the one true Scrum, if you will, or the one true Agile. Um, and uh, Derek brought up something that was very interesting to me, uh, and that's that underlying all of the uh, principles, uh, the methodologies uh, and practices are human beings. Um, and that it could be that by foca- putting our focus a little bit closer to the human and a little bit less from um, on our procedures, we might be able to get to something um, that's uh, that sort of will start to alleviate and remove us from this whole mess of of philosophical um, positionings that um, that we tend to read in books and get down to actually me and you sitting in a room trying to make some software again. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I think um, you know when, when I really think about it, at the, at the end of the day, I think that the you know. Manifesto for Agile Software Development sums it up pretty good when it talks about uncovering better ways to develop software by doing it and by helping others do it. And if you look at most of the things they value over the things that they put less emphasis on, there's certainly uh, a humaneness to to where they talk about individuals and collaboration and talk about people. And if you look at the Declaration of Interdependence and if you look at the Manifesto for Software Craftsmanship, you'll you'll see the same sort of things. And if you look at the values and principles um, that Kent Beck and others put forward in, in XP, you see the same thing. But I think that is software engineers that's generally the first thing that we throw out the window when it comes to resolving conflict, when it comes to determining the best way to do things. We make everything about um, analytics and, and, you know, pragmatic choices. And at the end of the day, um, you know, where it really started to hit home for me is here at Integrum is we're working through a, a myriad of different you know, issues and refining our process and we've squeezed out a lot of the inefficiency and we're really now getting down to uh, almost really picking nits at a lot of our practices. Um, What you find is I I find that, you know, people generally hold on to beliefs or value systems, not because they necessarily have the belief or the value system, but because of something internal. And, And I think that sometimes to overcome those roadblocks, you really have to get to you know, why does somebody believe that? Not the fact that they do or they don't believe it. You know, if somebody, you know, thinks that we should be more lean and have less process, what's the real reason behind that? If um, someone doesn't like a commitment-driven planning approach and would would like to be uh, a little less heavy in maybe process or a little heavier in process or wants to be more accountable or less accountable, what I find is most of the practices ultimately break down to some form of accountability to yourself and an accountability to a very small portion of teams. And I think if you take accountability and you cut that back one step further, it's really about trust. 
And I think that as, as human beings, especially in this day and age, in this society where things are disparate, often we work on teams, you know, with people that can live, you know, thousands of miles away from us. Even if they they work in the same office with us, you know, we're 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 not as connected as we were, you know, say a hundred years ago. That some of these trust systems just aren't there, and we all bring our baggage to the table from, you know, our childhood all the way through to our professional careers. And so you see somebody, you know, act out. Maybe they don't want to. Um, commit to a particular velocity and so they they lash out and they they get you know frustrated and and you know certain certain team teammates can take that as an aggression move but at the end of the day when you really break things down you know really that team member that's lashing out is probably afraid of something bigger than the commitment and and what that commitment brings to it and i think when we start to see each other as, as humans and we start to ask those questions like you know why is it bothering you to commit to this like what what what's the what's the real problem and i think a lot of it goes back to root cause and root cause is human beings like Mm -hmm. you know that we all have our fears we all have our um egos we all have these things in place and when we can start to be human enough to have real conversations authentic conversations with each other it really allows us to do powerful things as teams a lot of the the literature that i've read about Scrum, agile, software development, basically any sort of professionalism. They they, they talk a lot about leaving, um, leaving you know your home at home, leaving your problems at home, um, and so it's an interesting it's an interesting line that 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 you're walking, um, talk, starting to talk about how people are feeling at work. Um, how do you think that we could start to look at uh, bringing some of those things up into our regular work process? You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, for me, those those that, you know, know me, you know, somewhat professionally or certainly personally know that I'm kind of the anti-feelings person. I'm kind of the, um, for lack of terms, the pragmatic asshole um, in most circles. And for me, the thing that really sells me on that feelings matter in software development is that I'm a firm believer that if everybody in an organization thinks the same way, values the same things entirely, um, that they're duplicative and they're a waste and they probably need to go. I mean, you don't need two people that think exactly identically. The very fiber of every human being is different. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, their reactions to things are different. The The way their mood is affects you know, what they're doing is entirely different. And if we really want to unleash creativity and innovation and work that we do and we really want people to be energized, we have to understand the people we work with. And that doesn't mean that we need to be best buddies with them. It doesn't mean that we need to be their psychotherapist, but we need to understand, you know, what motivates people, what makes people fearful, and and more than anything, build that proper trust train train between people. And so I think, um, you know, I'm not talking the little trust fall weirdness and right. and things like that, but I think that, that people that engage in that sort of um, thought process are getting at a very similar thing that we're talking about here, and that is that trust is that important that it can really shape a mm. team dynamic. The question is how do you get there That's right. without having, you know, well, without falling into these cliches and things, because we've been trying. I mean, obviously, the whole self help section at the at the bookstore. Um, you know, there's the Myers Briggs. There's these trust falls. There's hundreds and hundreds of different ways that people have tried to get at feelings. And so, so what I've seen a lot is this attempt to use feelings to approach our work. 
But here we're talking about something a little different, which is our work to approach our feelings. Maybe I've had a discussion with a developer, and they've agreed to do some sort of um, to try it on some sort of practice. Then I find out, say the next day, they didn't at all. Um, you know, I was upset about this, and, and Derek suggested that I should find out what they're afraid of. Now, to me, I was thinking about, oh, what do you do if somebody's insubordinate, if you will? I have quotes, air quotes around that, on an agile, self-organizing team, right? How do you deal with somebody who just isn't going to do with what they say? And so I was all ready to come in and start to, you know, like, let's let's go through a logical process and start putting things on the board and, and sort of catch people in their logical fallacies or something like that. As I said, Derek suggested, maybe just find out what they're afraid of. Found out. Talk, had a discussion with the person, um, not directly asking about that, but just like, you know, why is it so hard to make this commitment? And by sort of offering myself as a friend, um, this person felt very open at that and, and, and was able to express kind of a fear, which was immediately resolved. It was actually about fitting in with the organization at all. That's what it came came down to was, hey, do I fit in? Am I, am I going to be liked here? Am I going to, am I going to be um, performing at the level that you want? And I was able to say, hey, listen, basically what, what um, Derek had just said, that having a lot of clones and a lot of people acting exactly the same is not going to bring a lot of innovation to our company. We need more people that think differently, not less. What was great about that, though, was is that I didn't go in and ask him how he was feeling. I asked him at first, why is the velocity, or, you know, this is, this is hypothetical, but why is, why is the velocity off? Right? And then from there, we got down to some sort of feelings, having some knowledge that underlying any sort of actions are people's feelings. That's, that's the thing that gets ignored um, over and over again. Uh, and, and we've had people come and go that, that, that had we had a better understanding of them, it we might have been able to have a better outcome. So I'm very interested in learning more about, about how we could start to apply this. So maybe that's something that we could talk about in our next podcast, um, exactly how we might approach people in ways that could get this information out so that we could start building better relationships at work that would that should result in um, better uh, productivity and profitability for our businesses. Absolutely. I mean, I think that it, it for sure that we don't take enough time to communicate with each other. We talk a lot about customer communication, but I think a lot of times when the rubber hits the road, we don't have the real conversation um, internally as a team. And I think that's a, a great segue to the next uh, episode of the podcast on how can we uh, – address some of those issues how can we make those conversations start to happen so thank you for listening to another episode of scrumcast a production of there you go. Enagram technologies there you in, go. In, in beautiful and wonderful and better than your city chandler arizona absolutely thank you eight five two two five baby good stuff man that was, that was better huh yeah